Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. So, I have been told what to speak about this week. <laughs> um, well, the topic for this month is uh, affection or priti in, in Sanskrit. And it uh, reminded me, and then I was asked to speak about when we don't have so much affection and what to do about it. And the first thing that came to my mind when I was preparing for this was a, is a um, story that our founder, Srila Prabhupada, who's um, where to your statue is behind you there. Um, he tells this story about two people getting into a heated argument about which is better for cutting, a knife or a scissors, right? And, uh, and they're really going back and forth, they're, you know, more and more uh, heated. And they're, they're, near, they're on a bridge, and the person who's uh, advocating for knives uh, pushes the other one off the bridge into the water. And the person's not a very good swimmer. So he, he's, he's struggling and struggling and struggling. And before he goes under, he goes like this above the water. <laughs> you know, his final thing was, I got to win this argument, right? And I don't know if, uh, if, if you've ever been like that. I've certainly had that experience sometime myself that I just know that I'm right. And I want to convince the other person that I'm right and they're wrong. And for any of us who've ever tried to convince other people about something, especially our children or our spouse, not a very easy thing to do, right? Not a very easy thing to do. So that, 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 that story came to my mind. And then uh, I thought about how this is uh, called in the, in the Vedic literature, Kali Yuga, right? There's different, the uh, time in the Vedic concept is cyclical, not just linear, but cyclical. And uh, there's four ages that come one after another, and then after, and then again, four ages like that in a circle uh, sense. And so this is called Kali Yuga, which literally means literally means the age of quarrel. That's it's the easiest translation. And this picture here uh, depicts how Kali Yuga began. And it began, if you may recall, maybe if you were here, maybe four or five months ago, we had a talk about assumptions and how making assumptions is someone we have to be careful about. And, and in my, my job, I'm, uh, I work for the U.S. government in field of conflict resolution. And I used to work for the government of India in conflict resolution. And um, I'd say the number one cause of conflict is when we make assumptions about one another, and especially ones that turn out to be wrong. So here's an example of that. The, uh, the person standing, his name is Prikshit Maharaj. And he was a great king. He was a, practically the ruler of the world, and he was touring his kingdom, and he was thirsty. And so he went to the, the, this hermitage, uh, this hut, where this sage, Samak Rishi, was meditating uh, in search for some water. Um, and he said, you know, he kind of like, you know, knock on the door, right? And then, <clears throat> right, you know, to get, we do sometimes to get someone's attention, and the sage is, is in meditation like this. And um, the sage just doesn't react to anything he says or any noise that he makes 
And Maharaj Prikshit, he makes the assumption that the sage is just, is, can hear everything and is just ignoring him. Right? Have you ever ignored anybody? Right, right. Say, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hope that they go away. <laughs> well, that was his, that was the impression that Prikshit Maharaj had. But in reality, uh, Samak Rishi was in deep meditation and did not notice that the king was there. But the king still uh, got offended. And he took a, there was a dead snake nearby, and he took uh, the dead snake, picked it up with his uh, bow, and garlanded, just like I got garlanded, uh, garlanded the uh, rishi, the, the, say, the sage, with the dead snake. And uh, the rishi wasn't very offended, but his son was, and his son had these brahminical powers, and he cursed the Maharaj Prikshit, and, that, 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 and Maharaj Prikshit was a great devotee, um, who temporarily just kind of you know, got overwhelmed by this situation. Again, we could go into how that was Krishna's arrangement, but that's not the purpose of the story. But Kali Yuga, it's said, was to begin with this uh, unqualified person, the sage's son, cursing Maharaj Prikshit, all because there was a, fall, a wrong assumption. So... One of the big, if you think about conflicts that you've had sometimes with people, you know, I'm sure no one here has ever watched a movie, but uh, if you had, like, especially, uh, what are they called, uh, romantic comedies, right? A lot of them are based on somebody hearing half a conversation, right? Or even the, that State Farm commercial, you ever seen that State Farm commercial? It's three in the morning and the guy's on the phone saying, you'll do that for me? No kidding. Wow. And the wife overhears this and says, who are you talking to? And he says, it's State Farm. She says, she said, it's State Farm. You know, what are you wearing, State Farm? And the guy goes, khakis. You know, and she says, she sounds hideous. You know, and it's actually, uh, well, she's a he, he says. But, you know, um, and wars have been started by false assumptions being made. And I'm sure if you think about it, have you ever made an assumption based on the way a person looked? And then you got to know them? Right? Yeah. I know lots of times when, when my service was to uh, distribute uh, Srila Prabhupada's books. <clears throat> and in my mind, I was thinking, I'm not going to approach this person. It's just, oh my God, really? It looks like. And then he turns out to be the nicest person in the world. And then the other person, oh, they look so nice. So sweet. Get lost. You know? So you just don't, you know, so assumptions are a cause of conflict and a cause of, um, uh, as the title of this talk, of our lessening our affection for one another. Right? Now, sometimes assumptions are right. We're not saying you don't ever make assumptions, but it's good to test them, especially if it's a negative assumption about a person. Yeah? And uh, we had, <laughs> the next slide is, uh, there was a, a male, a devotee who delivered the mail in Vrindavan where my wife and I and my son lived for many years. <clears throat> name, uh, his name was Diren Sain. Um, we used to call him Dadu, elderly Bengali gentleman. And he would always, um, uh, he would say, I am the worst kind of fish, selfish. <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and I used to always you know, think about that. Uh, <clears throat> but being selfish and thinking of ourselves uh, first and second and third and fourth and uh, yeah, also fifth, right? <clears throat> Big cause of uh, losing affection for one another. Because right? like what? 
What would, what's a community like if everyone in the community is selfish? Young man, could you sit over here? Because you're blocking the ladies. Yeah. Right over here. No, bring the, bring the cushion. There you go. What happens, what happens in, let's say everyone in this room is like just totally selfish, just looking out for number one. I can't, I can't hear you. You wouldn't, no one would be here. Okay, no one would be here. Yes, Corvani? There'd be no community, right? Everyone would be blocking each other's cars in, probably. Right? And there would be no prasadam, there would be no food, because no one would want to cook for you guys, and certainly no one would want to serve any of you. Right? So selfishness is, is a... Uh, and and if it has... Um, <clears throat> ultimate, um, um, what's the word, um, not esoteric, but you know, ultimately you trace it back and it has something to do with our relationship with Krishna. Right? That uh, <clears throat> we, in this world, uh, have tendencies to want to think of only our enjoyment and we want to be, uh, we, want, we, if we want to control things. You see, actually, although we don't think about it so much, <clears throat> this desire to be in control of everything is very much wishing that we were God. If only, if I was God, man, would I change a lot of things around here. Right? That, that, kind of, that kind of mindset. So it goes back to ultimately our relationship with Krishna. And from that, it trickles down to the fact that we can be a bunch of pretty selfish people. Now, I don't mean in this room, but as a, as, as a uh, human society. And to the extent that we are selfish. Um, now, there's a difference between selfish and, for example, ex trying hard to make spiritual advancement. That's not being selfish. And a matter of fact, one of the best ways to make to take care of ourself and be uh, self and to connect with Krishna is to be selfless. There's basically. Uh, two things in terms of other people that a devotee strives for. He try, strives for uh, Vaishnava Seva, tries to serve others in the community, and uh, Jiva Doya, tries to give kindness and an opportunity to learn about spiritual life to those who aren't aware of it. So both of those are acts of selflessness. Right? So that's a... Uh, that's another thing that causes our affection to go south, as they say. Now, um, I have a few questions. I want you to raise your hand if you had um, three or more siblings. Okay, good. Uh, raise your hand if you're an only child. Okay. Raise your hand if you watched TV growing up. Now, don't be shy. I really want to see your hands raised, you know. Um, raise your hand if you grew up in a rural area, in, you know, not, not in a city. Okay. Raise your hand if you grew up in a city or suburbs. Okay. Much more of that. Interesting. Um, raise your hand if you have a college degree. Wow an educated group. Raise your hand if you have two college degrees. Now you think you're so smart, right? Uh, 
Um, raise your hand if you were born in the USA. Raise your hand if you were born in India. Okay. Raise your hand if you were born in Gujarat. Raise your hand if you were born in South India. Okay, yeah, very interesting. You guys are a real bunch of misfits. No, no. Um, Punjab. Punjab. Uh, a couple, just a couple more. Um, you know, parents can be kind of firm or mellow. I know there's a lot in between, but if your parents were on the firm side, raise your hand. And if your parents were on the mellow side, raise your hand. I'm really interested. These two didn't raise a hand for either of them. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the last one, the most important one, raise your hand if you like spicy food. <laughs> okay, cooks, uh, we want to make sure that you know that. Okay. But the re I did this for a reason. It wasn't, uh, there's a reason. It's because our view of the world, which has a big effect on how we see other people, is affected by a lot of things. Um, oops. Purva samskars. Uh, purva means before, right? And samskar means mental impressions. So this refers to mental impressions that we have from our previous life. Because... Uh, the Bhagavad Gita says that uh, this body is made of earth, water, fire, air, and then this very subtle element called ether, right? But then we have a subtle body made of the mind, the intelligence, and this false idea of who we think we are. That, according to the Bhagavad Gita, travels with the soul to the next body. Right? So the body, of course, is finished, right? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, as the Bible says. But who we are, the soul, the, is accompanied, the, the mind, the intelligence, and the ego accompanies the soul. So we actually have impressions from previous lifetimes. That certainly influences... Uh, oh, I just forgot to ask you this. Raise your hand if you specifically made a request for the kind of parents and uh, mother and father that you got. Okay, so you see. Uh, someone else was in control of that, it seems. Okay, uh, another thing is uh, the place of, our place of birth and the culture that we grew up in. Doesn't that have a huge effect on us, right? The way, yeah, it has a very big effect on our, uh, our worldview, our worldview. Um, and then our, our, our education. You know, that has a very big effect on, on how we see things, right? Um, our parents, does that have a big effect? Yeah? Are you guys influenced by your parents? Well, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> she leans over to her mom. Yeah. Uh, right. Parents have a big effect, right, uh, on us. Even though we may rebel as we're teenagers. I should have asked you how many of you rebelled when you were teenagers. Um, and then our socioeconomic group, Right? That, has, that certainly has a, uh, uh, a big impact. I asked you about television, right? Um, we're not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one, but like, you know, if you, if you get most of your information from Fox News or if you get most of your information from the Huffington Post, are you going to have a different way of seeing the world? Right? To a large extent, yeah. 
And I think I have one more here. Yes, and who we associate with, right? That has, that we know, we all know that, that that has a big, big effect on the way. So you see, there's a lot of things that influence who we are. And that influences the way we see things. And then when we come across someone who sees things differently than us, well, um, because these are all things that kind of cover our pure vision of just being a servant of Krishna, just like when you go for an eye exam, right? Sometimes, especially the old, I couldn't get a picture of the old-fashioned ones, but you know when they put those things and they put another one and another one, anyone's old enough maybe to remember that, right? And you're, so you're looking through like three or four of these. So we have all these different lenses that we're seeing through as we're seeing the world. And that affects our relationships to a large extent. It does. And then, of course, I'm sure no one here is, is uh, like this. Right? That just like, I don't care what you say. I'm not changing my mind. You know, we sometimes do that because of our ego. Right? Like that. But that can also um, uh, affect us. This was a, a poem. I only took some excerpts from it. But it, I, I think it, uh, it, it's very good for this group to... The, thou, uh, that thou dost see is my vision's greatest enemy. Whatever you see, right? Uh, thine loves the same world that mine hates. Thy heaven's doors are my hell's gates. Both read the Bible day and night, but thou readest black while I read white. Right? So, uh, have, you, have you ever had a, a, an argument with somebody where you think it's a little bit like that? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, that's, so that's, and we could go on for hours. There's so many things that different influence, influence us to not always get along with another person or get along with our, 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 even our colleagues in the temple sometimes. So that's the first half of the presentation. Now, what to do about it, right? Because this could be kind of depressing if we just end the class now, right? So we don't have to agree with everyone to be kind to everyone. We don't have to agree with everyone uh, to agree on anything, to be kind to one another. Tatikshava, right? Karunika, Surida, Sarvadehinam, in the third canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, says that devotees are kind to one another, they're, they're tolerant. Right? And, uh, and Srila Prabhupada said, uh, was very concerned about this. And I, this is one of my favorite quotes. Uh, in the vase or vase, there is a variety of flowers, and that variety helps us better appreciate the idea of flowers. That is called unity in diversity. Our students come from different backgrounds, but because they are in Krishna consciousness, they are unified. So you right, we had America, we had we had Gujarati, South, we even had one Punjabi, you know, and and but Right, and we had different upbringings. Some of us didn't finish high school. Some of us have, you know, medical degrees and law degrees, and and we, you know, this and some of us like spicy food and don't like, you know. But we have this commonality of serving Krishna. And she, uh, Sri Prabhupada was, uh, and the uh, actually the whole philosophy of Krishna consciousness is called is unity and diversity. A fancy name for it is achintya beta, beta tattva, one and different simultaneously. Right. So we are different. Look around this room. 
We're all different, but we're also one in that our, our uh, affection for Shishi Radha Madan Mohan. Hmm? It's a very important point. So just to uh, express this a little more, another statement by Srila Prabhupada, he said, uh, he said, with all the leaders present, we should discuss how to make unity in diversity. If we fight on account of diversity, that is simply the material platform. Please maintain the philosophy of unity and diversity. That will make our movement successful. So we celebrate our diversity. Of course, within boundaries, we don't say, yes, we believe in diversity, so we're going to have some non-veg and veg, whichever you want. Right? right? There, there's boundaries within, within that. Right? But within that, it's, it's wonderful to have uh, diversity. And Prabhupada was so proud of the diversity. One time the, uh, uh, the first Chinese devotee came to Mayapur, the first devotee to come, to, and uh, he had translated the introduction to Bhagavad Gita. And he came into Prabhupada's room in Mayapur, and Prabhupada was speaking to some elderly uh, Bengali gentlemen and ladies there. And behind him there was this um, kind of murti of Krishna, a wood relief carving. And uh, Prabhupada said, Re please read the uh, Chinese, I think it was, um, he was from Hong Kong, so it might have been Cantonese, right? Where is our, yes, Nandimuki? Right? Uh, and uh, so he started reading the introduction in Cantonese, and Prabhupada looked at his Bengali friends and just said, it is very sweet, is it not? <laughs> you know, just to hear that diversity. So this is a very important principle that we celebrate diversity, but we have the unity of wanting to serve one another and love Krishna. Another point. Start every day off with a smile and get it over with. How did that get in there? I, was just, I put that in there to see if you were awake. Uh, make positive assumptions. Again, we talked about assumptions, a whole class on assumptions uh, about six months ago. But the whole idea that when we make assumptions, why not give people the benefit of the doubt? Why not, if they cut in line for the prashadam, think, oh, they must have really been in a rush, that you know, they have a sick child at home, instead of thinking, oh, that little rascal. <laughs> no, of course not every time it is. <laughs> but uh, making positive assumptions, as far as practical, that doesn't mean being naive, you know, um, and, uh, but... But if we have to make assumptions, why not give people, especially in a sangha of uh, Vaishnavas and aspiring Vaishnavas uh, to uh, assume uh, positive intent. So that's a real helpful way to deal with uh, differences among us. And then to associate with, uh, with devotees a loving, in a loving spirit one of service. One of, the, one of the reasons we have such a push in this temple for vo volunteers, actually it's multi multiple reasons, right? It's, it's great to get things done and so many wonderful things happen because we have volunteers. Um, but also, there's another secret to it, is that when we together work on something for Krishna, we develop friendships. Isn't it? One of the best ways to develop friendships with the devotees is to do some service with them together. Hmm? I know for myself, uh, um, back in the 70s, I would travel in, in a van around the country uh, distributing Srila Prabhupada's books, and there was three of us in a van, and it was um, 
I don't remember. It's funny how I don't remember the bad times. I only remember the good times. But anyway, such I have such strong friendships with those people even 40 years later, because we did that. We did that service together. So finding ways to come together to hear about Krishna, to chant about Krishna, um, is is really helpful. That love. and then there's specifically a verse. Dadati pratigrinati guyam akyati prichtiti bhunte bojayate chayvam sadvidhim pratilakshanam. That there's six ways to exchange love between Vaishnavas, and the first one is to reveal one's mind in confidence and allow the other person to talk to you and listen carefully. So many times when people are, I know for myself, uh, when people are talking to me, I'm thinking, what am I going to say next? Or, gosh, how am I going to get out of this conversation? Right? But one of the exchanges of love is to be there, be present when a devotee is talking to us about some concerns that they may have or some difficulties in their life. And to be able to reveal one's mind, and this is the tricky part, and to know it's not going to end up on the Facebook an hour later. Right? So the confidentiality amongst friends is really important. Right? Because you know what happens, right? You say, um, you say, Palaka Prabhu, um, I want to tell you something that's really important, but I promise you won't tell anybody this. Right? And he goes, Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm picking on Palaka Prabhu, but you know, I don't mean to, right? And then he, he says, Yes, Prabhu, no problem. And he says, No kidding, wow. And then he says, Hey, Ram Hanuman Prabhu, I just want to tell you something, but you promised you won't tell anybody else this. <laughs> Right. And in this way, you know, and then of course Facebook multiplies that by a million fold. But this, this ability to be able to reveal our heart to another devotee and, to, and then to also offer that service to others, probably the most potent exchange of affection between two devotees. And then probably the most important one though, right, is uh, giving and receiving prasadam. Right, so you always think of ways that you can. Uh, so anytime you see me just walking towards the bake sale, just say, "Oh, Brother Bihari, let me buy you something." No, <laughs> but but that idea of uh, exchanging prasadam is a very wonderful way to. I don't know how many how many of you have ever been to the uh, the uh, Radha Govinda Temple in Jaipur. Okay, uh, Goravani, oh, 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 Mataji, what happens there? Uh, during the kirtan with prasadam. Do you remember? Okay, no problem, Gora. With the, with the ladus? Right, everyone buys some of these ladus, right? And they start just, uh, everyone like stands there and as people walk by, it's circumambulating Radha Govinda, everyone's giving out these ladus. It's like, you know, it's such a very wonderful cultural experience to have, yeah, like that. So giving prasadam, receiving prasadam, is uh, is really a wonderful thing. And finally, the third uh, couplet uh, Rupa Goswami mentions, uh, who he's the one who wrote that verse, is giving gifts and receiving gifts. And it's interesting that it's both give and take, right? Because sometimes we're not very good at receiving things, right? Oh no no no! You shouldn't have. Uh, you know, the person thing. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have. Right, right, or or even praise, you know. So, oh no, no, I'm not so good. I'm just like a lower than the worm in stool, you know, right. But instead, we could just say, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's inspiring to me, you know. So, giving and receiving are ways of affection. And then it's important to remember this that it's not it's not just um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, optional. But it's, it's one of the key ways to please Krishna. This is from the fourth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. I am very pleased, Krishna is saying this, I am very pleased by the friendly relationships amongst you. All of you are engaged in one occupation. So there's that unity and diversity. Devotional service. I am so pleased with your mutual friendship that I wish you all good fortune. So imagine Krishna, Radha Madan Mohan saying this to all of us. Right, so Radha Madan Mohan is saying, I am very much pleased by your friendly relationships among you. All of you are engaged in one occupation, devotional service. So I am so pleased with your mutual friendship that I wish you all good fortune. Now you may ask a benediction of me. What are you going to ask Radha Madan Mohan for? Long list. <laughs> Mercedes. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but that's, this, Krishna is so pleased that he wants to benedict us when he sees that we have loving relationships with one another. Okay? And um, Prabhupada wrote this. Uh, it's just the second to last slide. Our affection for Krishna and Krishna's affection for us is eternal. So this is the origin of affection. Krishna is more anxious to reclaim us than we are because we are sons of Krishna. Krishna is very anxious. So Krishna is very anxious to exchange that love with us. But we have to take the first step forward. And Krishna will reciprocate. He won't force us because love, we know, is not forced. But if we take some steps towards Krishna, Krishna will be so, ah, finally. And then he uh, takes so many more steps towards us. And in this way, making progress, more progress and more progress, right? We may be, uh, the example we were hearing earlier today, we may be like the green mango now. But everyone knows that if you, green mango will eventually turn yellow and sweet. So all of us, we were on different levels of sweetness but we're all on the same path to ultimately having this kind of relationship with Krishna, where Krishna told Gopu Kumar, where have you been so long? And he, he returned to the spiritual world and Krishna gave him an embrace. So let us uh, remember uh, Krishna's affection for us, Krishna being so pleased when he sees that we have affectionate relationships and uh, the different ways that we can exchange affection with each other. Hare Krishna. It's that time. Questions? Comments? Gauravani Prabhu? And just so the ladies know, I'm going to ask the ladies next if, what questions you have. Is it on now? It is on. Uh, so you touched on this, but maybe you could expand a little more, if you'd be willing. Um, in diversity, sometimes in a community, we have a kind of like, it seems like a human trait to try and homogenize mm. things. And that everything must be this way, and if you don't fit, then you don't fit in this community. Right. So how do we find that? place of celebrating each other's differences and not tr not tending towards trying to homogenize 
Does that, is that a clear question? Yes, I think so. Well, it of course, you, the way you use the word homogenize, um, you're kind of using it in a negative connotation, right? So uh, there is the homogeity. Is that the right word? Yeah. Otherwise, I made up a good word. Uh, <clears throat> right? That we are all here to please Krishna. We are all here to... Uh, serve Srila Prabhupada's mission, at least those of us who have come here, not people who are here for the first time this way, but for those of us who have made, taken our vows and, and you know, um, we can have a very, in a Sunday crowd, we can have a very diverse uh, group, those who just here for the first time and those who've been coming on for 40 years. Um, so there is that point of unity, just like, uh, uh, and Krishna talks about that, uh, Ishwara Paramaha Krishna. That there is one supreme Ishwara, supreme personality of God. There's that one. Um, then, if we can remember, um, there's so many ways to answer that question, Gauravani Prabhu, but Krishna creates the diversity. It wasn't my idea. It wasn't, right? He, he creates that diversity. It, does, it comes from God, right? We have our different desires, and based on those desires, we have uh, the over eight, uh, 84 lakh different species of life, even, right? So there's different. Um, so as long as we have that, that, so there's two things. As long as we have that central focus, and there are certain boundaries, because we, we want unity in diversity, not unity in uh, perversity. <laughs> Sorry about that. Right? Um, so it's, but, but within that, we should, we should celebrate the fact that, uh, you know, you're, you're, a, you're like a fantastic kirtan singer, but does that mean you also have to be a Sanskrit scholar? Right? And you know, uh, and and you know, um, we could go around the room and all the great things that everyone does. And the, I, in another place, it's just the, this idea of the uh, flower vase is so nice that each different flower makes the whole, all the flowers more beautiful, right? So it, it, there is a tendency um, to to kind of want people to be a little bit like me or at least think the way I do. Because it can be a little insecure if you think differently than me and I'm like, you know, um, but I'm really convinced that I'm right or, or I'm afraid to think the way you think. So um, it may take some conscious effort at first to like remember philosophically Krishna has created the diversity. It's, it, it makes things stronger. Um, it makes an organization stronger, right? I, I mean, anyone who works in the uh, in the business field in the outside world today knows all about diversity and inclusion, right? And even all the research that's been done on that and how it strengthens an organization, right? If everyone thinks, I mean, could you imagine how boring it would be if ever, all of us thought the same way? Except if they thought the same, I, the way I thought, then it would be cool. <laughs> so it has... Um, it's, it's honoring Krishna's creation and at the same time using the best of it because people all over the world just pick up any newspaper. They're fighting over diversity nonstop, 24-7, right? Pick up, you know, I literally go to politico.com any day of the week of any time of the year and it's fighting over diversity just constantly, right? And so we have, we have this uh, calling to we have that same diversity, but we can have unity. 
I don't know if that helped any, but you could also add to this if you'd like, Aura. Is that okay? Okay, thank you. Yes, Karen? Microphone? Hold it like a karaoke, yeah. I don't do karaoke, but thank you. But now you are. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so to sort of deepen or to on the same track as what Gauravani brought up, I have a... Um, I've been thinking a lot about in, in spiritual practices. I don't care if it's in the incarnation of Buddha or the Network of Light or ISKCON. I notice that there's this, it tends to be sometimes this, I'll call it arrogance. That What do you I, mean? I, well, <laughs> and, and, and social media. So name calling, <laughs> pointing fingers. This person thinks there's a, they're a great bhakta. Even if they're on that path and they're not perfect, this, this, so, this arrogance in social media, how does, let's say I notice that, I read it online, a comment. Right. And it's disturbing. So my first, you know, I want to write back, but I thought, wait a minute, you're going to just be. <laughs> yes. Is there a way to, a lot of it is just nonsense, but when you name call and you complain, you kind of, you excuse yourself from looking at your part. When you and complain, right, ju and just leave it as a complaint, it almost excuses yourself, and, and you become more narcissistic or, right. in your head, I'm more important. It's very interesting. So don't go on too much long, because I have some thoughts, and I'll lose them, because I'm 60 Sorry. years old. Uh, but thank you. First of all, you know, when we do reply, on a subtle level, we're kind of like implicating ourselves in karma with that person. Keep that one in mind sometimes. Brilliant. Um, Diane Eck, who is a professor, I, don't know, I think she's retired now, but she was a professor for many, many years at Harvard uh, Divinity School and a friend of, uh, of the devotees. Um, she had something called the pluralist, pluralism, pluralist project. And so she had these three categories uh, of, uh, pe of people who belong to faith, of an organization like ISKCON, right? Or, you know, any religious organization. Uh, a pluralistic, uh, oh, I can't remember if I can... Uh, Inclusivist and exclusivists. Okay, exclusivists were the ones that kind of what you're talking about. I'm right. We're right, and everyone else is going to hell. Basically, we're just wrong or right. Uh, inclusivists uh, are uh, pluralists are on the other end. That yato matato pat. Does anyone know that phrase? Right. As many paths, as many ways, whatever. Okay. In, uh, inclusivists are that. We are uh, acknowledging that there are many paths to God, but at least for me, I'm convinced that this is the best one for me. And I would like to share this with you and give you an opportunity to think of what you think. And I'm hoping that most of the ISKCON devotees fall into that, into that middle category, where you know, at least I can say for myself and I can say for my, me, um, I really uh, dig Krishna consciousness. <laughs> To use a sixty saying, <laughs> um, and and I do and I do feel that I, I do like to give people the opportunity to hear about Krishna and learn what Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita. I don't say open your mouth, shove the Bhagavad Gita down their throat, well, close their mouth, right? So, have a nice day. But um, go ahead. Just to refine that, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I'm talking about someone in the Krishna movement criticizing another devotee. You're not. Never they, happens. And it's all mine. I'm joking. <laughs> someone, someone in the temple. That's why we're having this this class today. That's why we're having this class today because we're you know it does happen. Of course, we're human beings. It happens. 
Well, but we're hearing from, you know, from the founder of this organization that please maintain this philosophy of unity and diversity. And if we don't do that, then it's simply the material platform. So he was speaking to us. It was, this wasn't uh, outside. This was a uh, letter to, uh, to his devotees. Maybe right? I should print that as my response. Maybe, yeah. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Thank, Thank you. Chamanji. Um, Wait, microphone? He's going to give the Punjabi response. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hare Krishna. First of all, thank you to Gorvani. He had a beautiful Kirtan today. And <laughs> like you to come more often so we can enjoy your Kirtan. You're such a good singer. And someone comes up to me and says, can we go on five minutes late? <laughs> and thank you for giving that five minutes. <laughs> uh, question on the assumptions you were talking about, wrong assumptions can be so detrimental. There have been wars. If you see um, President Bush, he assumed that Iraq has weapons of mass destruction, mm -hmm. and he was wrong, and there was a war. And I think whenever we make assumptions, we have to give benefit or doubt to the other person and listen to them before we always think that we are right. And second thing you were talking about, their, their diversity and different point of views, and still you can get along. And one of the examples um, I can see is that when I was growing up, it all arranged marriages. What kind of? Arranged marriages. Arranged marriages. So in India, there's a one, you know, let's say the wife comes from a city and the husband could be from a village. One is educated, the other one is not that well educated. The cultures are different. Bringing ups are different. All those things you were talking about. One could be vegetarian, the other one is non-vegetarian. Yeah. But they get together, they get married. Forty years later, they're living happily together. And they look into each other's the happily married life, and not all lives. Uh, there are some other Punjabis who are not very happy. But anyway, uh, they are, you, you, you have to uh, look into it, other person's uh, point of view, make some compromises. And that's how the marriages are successful. Different people from different backgrounds, still they are happy. And that can be in life, otherwise also, not only married life, if we start thinking that way. Thank you. Yes, well, we know that your wife is a saint. <laughs> For, uh, <laughs> uh, one of the ladies has a comment or concern? Oh, so uh, you're just fixing your hair. Uh, <laughs> okay, but we need a microphone. It's coming right behind you. Hare Krishna, everyone. Hare Krishna. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you giving this lecture. I think it's really important, the unity and diversity. And what uh, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Puri was saying is um, that any marriage or any relationship, one has to have respect mm -hmm. in order to be su successful. So the person who was married for 40 years, I'm sure they have respect for each other. And other thing I always tell is uh, with um, uniting anyone, one should not have their ego. Yeah. Ego and title um, interferes. One, yes, one should not have a false ego. A real ego is I'm God's servant. A false ego is all the other things, yeah. Very good, thank you. Um, in terms of respect, one time there was a slug, you know the things that fit inside a, like a snail? And the devotee, this is very early, the devotees were very innocent. And Prabhupada, what should we do with the slug? He said, chant to the poor thing. 
And then another uh, devotee, uh, another time a devotee um, left the association of devotees, or this is again another early instance. And um, yeah, and so the devotee asked Prabhupada, well, what should we do if we meet that person? And Prabhupada said, you should be very respectful. He said, a devotee is respectful even to an ant. What speak of someone who's been chanting Hare Krishna? So yes, the, the basics, the pratishta in Sanskrit, or the basis of relationships is respect. Just ask Aretha Franklin. Could I repeat what about ego and false ego? So if you remember, uh, and I have to, uh, um, although Gauravani went five minutes late, I can go five minutes later. Uh, <laughs> my wife's not here, it's no problem. <laughs> um, so he, Gauravani Prabhu asked me to explain a little bit about false ego and real ego, right? So if you remember, we said that the, uh, the soul is accompanied by mind, intelligence, and false ego into the next body. So the false ego is pretty much any identity except that I'm God's servant. Right? And it manifests in terms of I'm a male, I'm a female, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm of this race, and I'm born in this country. You know, these are all called upadis or designations. They're real. I really was born in New York. But they're temporary. And the real permanent ego is I'm God's servant. We may take on the different designations in this life, but that's only for this life, right? Um, but the real ego is uh, that I'm God's servant. Is that all right? Yes, Prabhu? Last time we ended early, and uh, Chaitanya Nitai Prabhu was, <laughs> was like, hey, not th th Raj, you ended early. Now he's on time to make sure that he doesn't miss the announcements. <laughs> yes, Prabhu? Hare Krishna. Um, uh, the fighting for diversity is being happened since time immemorial, and and it's a constantly fighting for it to accept one each other. So my thoughts right now, after you giving the classes, if we follow what Prabhupada says, okay, we the adults. Whoever, whoever is an adult, consider himself an adult, and he have kids or planning to have kids, the best lecture we can give to the kids is everybody's the same. Look, everybody the same. It's part and parcel of God. And if we treat each other and we teach them that kind of lecture, eventually they're going to be accepting what you're preaching, and then they will accepting every human being around them. Okay, but it's, it's, it's a fact of our responsibility in order to teach them what the life is and how we can manage in order to accept each other without getting and that, I said, ridiculous fighting of diversity that doesn't take us nowhere. Thank you. That's from the Gita, Sama Darshina. Darshina means vision and Sama means equal, to see uh, equally. Uh, Krishna says it very clearly. Vidya Vinaya Sampane, Brahmani Gavihastini, Suni Chaiva Sopakecha, Pandita Samadarshina. That one sees with equal vision uh, an elephant, a man, a dog, etc. That doesn't mean you go and embrace a tiger because we equal vision. You know, we use our intelligence, but uh, like that. So, the, thank there was there was one comment here. Oh, okay. Last one. Yes, you ask. 
It's on. You, you asked if we picked our parents. Right. And my understanding is it's even more complicated and better and worse than that. I created getting my parents from my past yes. activities. Could you elaborate on that, please? Well, yes, according, Krishna says that in the Gita also, that according to um, our previous activities, we get a particular birth in a particular place. He even says you get a particular set of eyes and ears and nose and all of that based around the mind. So, yes, in one sense, we did pick our parents, but what I meant is, you know, we didn't have, like, you know, a form and said, okay, let's see, yeah, Long Island, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, Great Neck, uh-huh, yeah, Fathers in Outdoor Advertising, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> like that. So, I, uh, okay, Pollock, then we have to end. You know, it was all based on your activities, you know, so it's, it's just a reaction to yes, how Yes, it's you a, based on our activities and also our desires. So let's have a really affectionate community here where we give people the benefit of the doubt. We really uh, want to serve one another and, and, uh, and take care of one another. If you hear that someone is sick or someone's going through some trouble, you know, ask them about that. We should really show our affection for our, uh, our devotees. And that will spread and people will see that affection and want to be part of such a community. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna. My announcements first? Please uh, remain seated for 